0: You guys, it has been a while since I have got on here and made a video myself with my wisdom that I have gathered. I've been super focused in bringing you guys more guests and different perspectives, and navigating through being on the other side of the mic and interviewing other people and their experiences. And that has come with its own learning curve, because y'all know I like to talk, but there is these instances where I have this conviction to really come and share with you guys something that I am processing or learning out of life. And so that is why I'm here recording this episode. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that today, February 15th, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant on my story when it comes to alcohol, mommy culture, I mean the mommy wine culture and just, you know, what I've like realized since I have this like clear space now, um, what, a few months ago I cut alcohol for a month completely just to kind of, you know, recharge, um. you don't know alcohol can be a depressant, you don't really know how much it's affecting you until you cut it out. Like that's one thing that I will like really stand on. You really think you're fine until you cut out alcohol and then you're like, oh shoot, I'm seeing and thinking with a much clearer headspace, right? And since then I've reduced my alcohol intake a lot. I don't drink to get drunk. Um, It's a few drinks with my husband or maybe if we're out and about, but honestly barely catching a buzz and that's about it. Um, which I think is actually the normal thing that people should do, right? Like it, it's, it's funny because I come from a family of addiction. So like everything is exaggerated. Everybody does everything so, so fucking much. So to be moderate is kind of, it feels weird, you know? And I see that there's kind of like, I don't know, like there's a weird ass stigma around just moderating yourself. Like we've normalized getting crazy so much and I just see it so so differently now that I'm on the other end of it. But anyways, so on my story, I was talking about how like my relationship with alcohol and what I've realized since I stopped alcohol um, just made me realize a lot of things that are wrong with alcohol and people who overly consume alcohol, just like observations, um, you know, the mommy wine culture and how we we say, oh, I need a drink because today was hella hard dealing with the kids. And I've talked about it before. But really what it boils down to is incompetence with yourself, right? And how I also have been on the other side of that where I'm like, man, today was a hard ass day. I need a drink when really what I needed to do was sit with the moment of incompetence and those uncomfortable emotions or the lack of patience and figure out how to navigate through that. Because truthfully, the only way you know how to grow and overcome adversity is when you sit in uncomfortable feelings. Um, And so I find it interesting that in the wine culture that we have for mothers, we tell mothers to just escape their problems by drinking rather than the healthy thing that we tell people to do when they're healing, which is to sit with that uncomfortability, you know, so if your kids have been up your ass all day and your go to is I need a drink to relax actually, no, you got to learn how to regulate that nervous system so that you don't feel like you got to go have a drink. And so I'm in this era of trying to be as calm as possible. I'm in this era of trying to be um, very intentional and very present. And I think this is the growth that I'm at in my life. And y'all know, I like to share where I'm at with you guys, if I think that it provides gems to you. So I wanted to share a little bit um, about that process. So in my Instagram story, I told you guys that when I speak of things that might trigger you, it's not coming from a judgmental place, but rather a part of my personality that is very much I got to figure shit out. Um, and by that, I mean... I really hold myself to a high standard when it comes to my integrity. Um, I don't like to make excuses for my incompetence. I don't like to make excuses for where where I fall short. And a lot of that comes from the fact that I made excuses for that when I was a victim of my life for a long time. And when I came out of that and I saw that when you do the work, when you face yourself, when you sit with those uncomfortable feelings, the peace that comes with victorhood and being the victor of your life outweighs The loathingness of victimization. And so, um, because I've felt that peace, it's been very important for me to be very aware and diligent about the areas that need improvement with myself and my marriage, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, whatever it may be, because I understand that time is the most valuable currency. And I call time currency because. The time that we give others and the time that they give to us is an exchange, right? And the the tricky thing about time is that you never can get time back. And so I feel like I, I always understood that time was important, but I never understood how important time was until I started healing. And I follow a lot of like nursing pages on social media, a lot of hospice nurses, and one of the biggest commonalities that I see when they speak about people that are on their deathbed is what they would have changed and how they would have managed their time better as they were growing, whether that be managing their time for emotional growth, managing their time for being present with their children, managing their time with um, being present spiritually with God, right? And the more that I've learned And observed that this is one of the biggest regrets that people have, the more it's been very important for me to be very aware of time. And I very quickly realized that a standard for myself as a person, as a mother, as a wife, is that I want to make sure that I am being the best version of myself through self-awareness and through the work that I do So that the time that I am gifted is not wasted because I understand what it feels like to look back and realize that there is time you will never get back. And I'll give you guys some examples of that. The year and a half that I was on drugs, that I was coming out of a a violent relationship, I will never get that time back of not seeing my daughter's milestones. I will never get that time back of bonding with her her first year of life. I will never get the time back of enjoying my pregnancy with her. I will never get those memories. I I can't go back and I can't change that. And a lot of people live their life going through the motions never thinking about their healing, never thinking about their impact, never thinking about the currency of time when it pertains to the people that they love. So they don't do the work to change what they need to change. And you'll see that there's people in their thirties and their forties and their fifties that look back and are now dealing with the repercussions of the time they mismanaged with the people that they love. And they live with that resentment and they live with that regret. And I don't want to be that person. Um, Another area in which really engraved this to me, you guys know that there was a big family blowout and I had to leave my house at 17 years old. Um, And just my whole adolescence, like if I I really think back on my childhood and I think of, of it in terms of time, I can honestly say that I think most of my time was spent with self. That is why I'm this type of person that I just get through things on my own. I work better that way because I problem solved everything by myself because truthfully, I didn't have anybody to turn to. And I don't say this to to degrade my parents or what they did because I'm very appreciative of what they've taught me. Even if in the way they taught me, wasn't the best way, even if it was observing what I didn't want to be and who I do want to become and taking a little bit of who I need to take stuff from to become and embody what I have now. I'm grateful for it all. But I do realize that I never had emotionally present parents. And so I never had anybody to really go and talk to or confide in or protect me. So I began to go speak to the trees and lay in the dirt and ground myself, and you know it's very natural, it's very instinctual to do that. And I know that that feels the idea of going and laying in the grass feels really, really foreign to people that really lack emotional connection. But something about Mother Nature was very soothing for me in my solitude growing up. Was very soothing for me. Um, when I felt alone because I felt not alone. Now that I am, you know, on a farther walk in my faith with God, I realized that it was God. I realized that the Holy Spirit is in me and the Holy Spirit was guiding me to reconnect with things that could recharge me and could fill my cup, which is the wonderful creation that God has created, which is earth, which is trees, which is nature, right? And that was his way of protecting me and Logically, we can't understand the metaphysical. We can't humanly wrap our minds around it. But in hindsight, we see it for what it is. And that's what I realized it was, right? But growing up, I realized that I was so focused in surviving. I was so depressed. I was so consumed with not wanting to be here. I was so hungry for peace and by peace I mean being six feet under not having to feel anything because that's what I thought peace was that I wasn't a present big sister I'm the oldest of all my siblings I wasn't present a lot of things fell on my younger sister's shoulders that shouldn't have fallen on her shoulders and I should have protected her and I couldn't because I didn't know how and so I live with that hurt in my heart, that that is time I can never get back. I can't go back and be the big sister that I should have been to my sister, you know, or even thinking about when the the huge family blow up that happened when I was 17 years old and I had to leave my house. Um, I can't go back and be there and watch my brothers grow. I'm 13 years apart from my youngest brother and then 15 years apart from my youngest, youngest brother. That's a big age gap. I missed their childhood and I can't get that back. And yes, it wasn't through my own fault, right? But it really engraved to me the power of time and the impact that that has had all the people that I love, the currency of time, the way that I couldn't show up as a big sister for my sister that impacted her. And I can't take it back because I can't give her back that time I should have gave to her. That currency with my brothers, I I can't fix. I can't go back. I can't be there for their childhood. I'll never get that time back. And so it is extremely important to me to be present with my time, to understand how important time is. Another example is my biological father. He spent years not prioritizing his time with me in and out of my life. And recently... And I truly believe in his heart that a part of him wanted to really, really do things right with me this time around. Now I'm not in a place to receive that. And I had to have a very uncomfortable conversation with my biological father. And I told him, you know, I I think we're better off as strangers because I don't have the space for you and your family and all the drama that comes with it. I don't. And I realized that I'm a grown woman now. I'm not that little girl that needed you anymore. And I didn't say it to hurt him, but it was the truth. And I'm not hurt saying that. I don't feel like I'm hurting his feelings because it's it's genuinely how I feel. I don't have the capacity to want a relationship with him the way I used to because I have found so much fulfillment in my life outside of him. And it feels like a chore to get to know him. And I'm not that wounded little girl anymore that needed her father. And I think about it in terms of my father's shoes, hearing me say that. And I hurt for him in the sense that he might realize that that time that he didn't prioritize with me, he'll never get back. And unfortunately, I'm at a place in my life where I don't have any time to afford him. And that may hurt him and that's where I hurt for him because it must suck to be in that position if he sincerely cared about me, right? And it sucks to think of all the parents that live their life not realizing how valuable time is and how they spend it not healing the parts of them that are damaging their children, not healing the, the parts of them that will give them a more fruitful and purposeful life. It's sad to me to think of all the adults that just go through the motions day by day, never thinking about the impact that they not only have with their relationship with themselves, but the relationship with everyone they love, and how the currency exchange of time is either one that's being fruitful or one that is withering. And so, Because I understand the importance of time, I understand the importance of facing the parts of myself that are the most uncomfortable, because the parts of myself that need improvement are the parts of me that are negatively impacting those that I love. And I don't want to give them years of suffering when I could have faced what I needed to face, when I could have given them years of peace had I faced it. Years of presence, years of love, years of joy. And so if that means that I have to sit in the face of my uncomfortability and I have to navigate through the things that twist my stomach and hurt my spirit and make me want to scream, I will do it because I value the time that I have with the people that I love more than anything in the world. And I know that one day I will be on my deathbed and I will be able to have 2020 hindsight, and I will see where I went wrong. And so as a mother, we're not perfect, right? And this is something that I tell my children all the time, that I'm not perfect. I'm going to fail them. That's just the truth. None of us are perfect people. None of us are going to be perfect parents. We will fail our children. And I may be impacting my children in, in some ways that I may not even be conscious of. But I tell my kids, your mother isn't perfect. In fact, I'm probably going to fail you in some ways. But you have a mother that tries. And you have a mother that you can come to and you could tell me where I should improve with you. You can tell me what I could be doing better. Because your time with me matters that much. There is nothing I will not do for my kids even facing myself even sitting with myself and acknowledging where i'm failing and changing it because they deserve that and i know they deserve that because when i was a little girl and i had nobody i deserved it i needed an adult to be intentional with me i needed i needed my parents to face themselves to be able to show up for me I needed that for my own healing but my siblings needed it we talk about how the oldest children get parentified and I see a lot of older siblings that bitch about how they got parentified it's not their responsibility and you know what maybe you're right maybe it wasn't our responsibility but you take that shit to the chin Because if your parents couldn't give it to your siblings, you should. And some of y'all may not agree with that. But there ain't shit I won't do for my siblings. And if my parents couldn't do it, I'ma do it. Because that's what family does. Sure, it's not my responsibility. Sure, it's not my burden to bear. But that is unconditional love. And I could sit here and I could bitch about how as an eldest child I was parentified. Or I can wear that shit like a badge of honor because my brothers and my sister deserved someone who loves them and sees them and the suffering and the lack of being seen that I went through if it taught me how to be unconditional in my love if it taught me how to see the unseen why would I not give that back to my siblings and not just my siblings everybody that I meet because the truth of the matter is we are all broken children in adult bodies and there's some broken children in adult bodies that fight blood sweat and tears to become peaceful healed adults and there are some children in adults bodies that choose to always be the wounded child because the wounded child is the most familiar and it is the most safe the fact of the matter is that changing it doesn't feel safe because it's the unknown when I began healing, I didn't know what the other side of the tunnel was going to look like. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. I'm going into this blind, and that's fucking scary. I don't have nobody in my life that that embodies peace, unconditional love, forgiveness. But I knew that's what I wanted to be. And I knew that I, that's what I wanted to give my children, and that's the kind of wife that I wanted to be. And I know because I know me, that nothing can stop me from being that. And some people will hear me and they'll say, you know, we can't get hyper fixated on healing. You got to know when to rest. And I agree, you got to have discernment. And this is where your relationship with yourself comes in. You got to know when you need to take a breather and relax and just chill for a sec, process, be present with the work that you have done and the growth that you have made but equally so you got to know when to get back on your pivot you got to know when you've been relaxing too long so much so that you're starting to snowball down the slippery slope of stagnancy i'm only 28 years old i don't know if i'm gonna heal for the rest of my life but i have a feeling that as we grow we get new revelations and new challenges. And so I have a feeling that healing is never ending. And I choose to be someone who honors the challenge instead of loathing in my misery because I understand the value that I give to others with my time and that they give to me. And I am a woman of faith. Eternity is a long time. And when my spirit passes to the other side, I don't want to have what ifs. What if I would have just healed? What if I would have sat with my emotions? What if I would have apologized? What if I would have had that conversation? What if I would have just been dedicated to being a more patient mom? What if I would have been a more loving wife? What if I would have surrendered to God? And this is another thing. I don't mean to get preachy. I really don't mean to get preachy, you guys. But the fact of the matter is this, you know. There's people who shame people for believing in God. There's people who shame people for not believing in God. I like to use logic as well as the metaphysical. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in each and every single one of us because we were created in God's image. But this is my thing. Sure. You can call me a Jesus freak, right? But logically, if the word of the most high that I believe in is true, the eternity of my spirit will be at peace. Now, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. That's it, I'm wrong. The non-believers were right, we're nothingness, we just fade into the abyss but if they're wrong logically that eternity is forever and i find that people that don't have that higher moral compass in terms of divine divine morality right a lot of them can't understand or process the importance of not wasting your time in the flesh because we we become nothing. So nothing is important. And sure, some will say, well, yeah, you know, you could be a good person without God, sure. But you don't have incentives to stay a good person if we're just here for nothing. If this is just one life to live and it's no impact and there's no time currency and there's no nothing. Now, when you have that higher power in you right when you feel the Holy Spirit in you you understand Ooh, whoa. the flesh is temporary but it is vital to the eternity the spirit in eternity because the decisions that I make in the flesh will let me know if my spirit has peace for eternity or the opposite of that and eternity is the longest time Logically, I would rather be on the side that is the Jesus freak (laughs) that believes that it does matter what I do in my flesh. It does matter how I manage my time. It does matter that I live in God's image and be unconditional with my love and unwavering in my faith and forgiving. That matters to me because eternity is a very long time. And it is comforting to know that if I'm right then that time that my spirit spends in eternity will be peaceful and all the work that I did on this fleshly earth will have been worth it and it's just not a gamble that I want to take gambling the other side of that logically so that wraps up this video I hope that whoever was called to hear it gathered from it what was necessary. I have a feeling that when I'm convicted to speak something, it's usually because somebody's got to hear it and it only further solidifies my faith (laughs) because I can't tell you the amount of times where I'm obedient to my convictions and revelations that I share with you guys and then I'm having people message me and are like, you have no idea how you spoke to my life literally what i'm going through and you gave me clarifications and i want to let y'all know i didn't give you nothing i'm just the vessel <laughs> the lord gave it to you because he spoke through me the holy spirit put it on my heart because the holy spirit knew you needed to hear it i don't i don't take ownership of that at all at all but that is a top tier compliment and it does further affirm to me that my walk with God is the right choice that I've ever made in my life because I've always known that my purpose is to help others and by helping others I want to guide others to peace and I hope that in that peace you find everything that was meant to be found and all the pieces of the puzzle that were supposed to come together come together for you and that that light in me lights the light in you And you light the light in others. So that is it, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless. Love you all. All love, always, always.